Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Stephen Lampke, Construction and Destruction, and Adam Sturgeon are all well-respected Canadian musicians. Lampke splits his time between Toronto, Ontario and Sackville, New Brunswick, is a member of Constantine's, operates the You've Changed Records label, curates Sackville's annual Sappyfest Music and Arts Festival, and performs original music under his own name. Construction and Destruction is a prolific rock band based in Port Greville, Nova Scotia, and consists of Colleen Collins and Dave Treneman, who also run a home studio called The Quarantine. Adam Sturgeon is based in London, Ontario, and is the Anishinaabe frontman for the band Whoopso, and he also started the Out of Sound record label when he lived near Guelph, Ontario. Out of Sound just released a new EP called Revolution C, which is a collaboration between Stephen Lamke and Construction and Destruction. And ahead of some tour dates together, I gathered all of these people for a conference chat about their relationships, the troubling state of big and small cities in Canada, the songs on Revolution C, future plans, and much more. With the support of listeners like you who subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly pledges at patreon.com slash creative control, plus in-kind support from CFRU 93.3 FM, Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, this is the 449th episode of Creative Control featuring Stephen Lamke, Construction and Destruction, and Whoopso's Adam Sturgeon with your host, me, Vish Khanna. How's it going? 
Hello. Hi. Hi. Oh my God, it's it's a podcast traffic jam. All right, I'm going to try to speak to each of you uh, one at a time, just so we uh, the listeners can get uh, acquainted with your voices. And why don't I begin in uh, Nova Scotia? Who am I speaking to from Nova Scotia right now? This is Coco. This is Dave. Coco and Dave, it's nice to have you on the show. Finally, you represent the outfit Construction and Destruction, correct? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it would have been weird if I was wrong. This was a wrong number and you were in the, a totally different band, I suppose. <laughs> no, thank you for confirming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a stickler for detail. It's nice to have you there, uh, have you here on the show. How are things going in Nova Scotia? Is that where you are? Yeah, yeah, it's it's beautiful here today. Beautiful day, sunny, uh, 14 degrees or so outside. Everything nice. about us right, well, is reflected in the weather. <laughs> <laughs> I often get weather forecasts on the show whenever I ask people where they are. It's just <laughs> a thing that happens. But I do, I do thank you for being on the show. We're going to move on now. Uh, and uh, Steve, Steve Lamke, are you there? I am here, Vish. How are you? I'm very well. It's nice to have you back on the show. Now, you've been uh, living in different places, so I don't want to even hazard a guess as to where you are. Do you mind saying where you are in the world? I'm in Toronto right now. Nice. And I'm in Guelph, so I probably know how Toronto is doing weather-wise. Is it yeah. is it okay? How are things in Toronto? It's fairly gray. There's, there's, a, there's a bit of snow in the air, but uh, not much. Not much snow, but okay. there is snow. Nice. Nice. Now, you, you are a... At least, uh, for the most part, you're a Toronto resident. Do you have Toronto Raptors fever in any way? In in no way whatsoever, no. Not a sports person, are you? Um, I, I watch tennis would be my, my one professional sport uh, that I follow to any degree whatsoever. But no, I, I don't. Um, is Raptors fever going around right now? <laughs> yes, it's contagious. That's yes. why I ask. I, I think most people have it. Are they a good basketball team? They're the, the the top team in their division of the National Basketball Association at present. Yes, they're doing but very it, well. It is. I, I, I do know enough to know that it's early in the season, is it not? It's only a couple of months in as we're speaking. That's fair to yeah. say. Okay. But well, still, the, the, the start they've had is unprecedented. It's quite... I don't mean to make... Particularly if you don't have the fever, I don't mean to inflict you with it. I, I, I don't have the fever and, and it's only out of courtesy that I will wish them luck. Oh, that's the, well, you're a courteous gentleman. That is something that is said of you often, uh, particularly in your tacit support for organized sports teams. That's a, that's a thing that people say. I've never heard that before, but I'll, but I'll take it. Well, I just said it now, so now it's, it's the law, I guess. It's now a law, basically. But Steve, it's, you've been on the show a number of times, and uh, I always uh, appreciate our conversation. So thank you for being on the show. I'm going to move on to, uh, last but not least, our final guest on the show, someone who's never been on the show as far as I can recall. Uh, and I must admit, I, I'm getting older and my memory is going. Adam, are you there? I'm here. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> nice. It's nice to have you on the show. Where are you today? I'm in uh, London, Ontario. London, Ontario. Not- now, you, I know you from Guelph days. You used to live in Guelph, right? Yeah, that's right. I mainly grew up just outside of Guelph, so Guelph kind of feels like home, right? It's that home place sort of feel. Yeah, we, we like it. I'm still here, I suppose. Where did you grow up? Uh, like Aaron, Hillsburg. Uh, I did move around a lot, but uh, that's where my family still is. So, Okay, and you're, did you go to London for, for work or... Uh, because you heard London was a, a beautiful place? Because if you heard that, I'm not sure it's true. <laughs> yeah, in, in part work and and uh, 
school and stuff like that. My family background is from here. Uh, my my grandfather would would have been from uh, the reserve that's just outside the community. So I came here to start doing uh, native community work. I guess yeah. Okay. Uh, no, it's it's very lovely to have you on the on the show as well. And um, now uh, Steve and I grew up in Cambridge, Ontario. One of the reasons I asked where you. Uh, we're from when you said outside of Guelph. I wondered if it was close to us. But um, uh, Steve, uh, uh, you and I grew up together in uh, Cambridge, and we have this long association with with Guelph. You lived in Guelph as well, I should say that uh, as well. So, do you do you miss being in kind of a smaller town, Steve? I'm just curious about that. I I, I know you've been in, like as I mentioned, you've been in Sackville. You've been in, or I didn't mention it. You I mentioned you've been living in different places. Sackville, Toronto. Do you miss like the small town experience of? Guelph or maybe even London? <laughs> uh, I, I never lived in London, so I can't miss London in uh, any specific way connected to my own experience. But uh, I do miss Guelph, and I do um, have complex feelings about living in a big city like Toronto. I do uh, spend half of the year basically in Sackville, New Brunswick, which is a very small town. Um, where I'm the creative director of Sappy Fest. Uh, so I get through to take a year long view of things. I do get a fair amount of small, small town experience. Yeah, that, that's, that's true. And I didn't mean to imply you lived in London. I, I apologize for doing that. I, I, I hope you're, you weren't offended by that in any way. But yeah, Sackville. Sackville <laughs> I spent a fair a amount of time in London. Like, over the years, I mean, with the Constantines, we started in London, basically, and um, we've played there somewhere between a million and a million and a half times. Um, so I, I've definitely sp- spent a fair number of hours in, in London, but never, never yeah, I, lived there. Yeah, I think that's probably where I was coming from by even dropping it in there in terms of places you've you might call uh, some kind of second or third home because... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, like you say, that D- Dave and Colleen are from London. I don't know if you know that, so they might be able to speak. To, if you want to sp- oh. talk about London, they might be able to speak to it a little bit more than I could. Oh, I, I didn't realize that. Yeah, Dave and Co- I was going to ask them about Porkerville, but yeah, we should. Yeah, Dave and Colleen, do you do you do you like London? Do you miss London? <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's a complicated place, and it's a complicated question. It's you know, it's we we both grew up there, so we spent probably the first like 18 years yeah of our lives mm-hmm. there and it's i it's an interesting place it's got a lot of heart in some ways sometimes it's a dark heart you know but yeah i i was yeah it shaped me <laughs> yeah i have a lot of feelings about london and uh, a lot of that is love like uh, you know it's still in me and think think about london quite a bit because it's just kind of in there in memories and that and um our family's still there, so. But there are, yeah. It's also like it's you know it's it's got its difficulties <clears throat> too. I'm sure you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like uh, almost any city. Uh, Colleen, you say it has a, a a dark heart. That's a that's a dark thing to say. What, <laughs> oh, well, can you no, characterize I, that? What, what? I I mean I think there are some. I don't mean a dark heart the way maybe I that would come off, but I mean there's a darkness to London as well. Like I recognize that for sure. We we slammed into it growing up sometimes, and we hear about it now sometimes as well. But I mean it has a lot of heart. I find as a city, there's a lot of soul, and I don't mean 
to disparage it in that way in any way. But there's, but to acknowledge that it's, yeah. I mean, it was known as the serial killer capital of Canada at one point. And some, you know, there's there's things that go on that yeah. we all know. Like, there's there's a lot of feel and vibes. And certainly Adam can speak probably more eloquently to it now, of course, and to some of the complications I'm sure that he encounters or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or, or, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of erasing going on in London. Um, I found growing up, like, a lot of old things being torn down and brand new things being built... Like, particularly downtown without really thinking too much about the future of those places and um, And so there's a lot of emptiness. Yeah, what came before and everything, you know. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, a couple places that we'd hang out quite a bit, uh, like the Embassy Hotel and the Brunswick Hotel that are just gone now and other places. I don't know, Dr. Desk that's also gone, so it's just a place that's constantly changing and I saw some amazing shows at the embassy, uh, the embassy venue. Some of my favorite shows, actually. And my, is it true that was there's some rumor that was like a it it burned right, it burned down. Is that right? That's what we heard, and that's the yeah we saw the spectacular sort of absence of it. (laughs) Yeah, a big hole (laughs) with a fence around it. I don't know what it is now, but that was a couple years ago anyway. Yeah, it's sad. Well, I mean, Colleen, you alluded to the fact that Adam might have a, a better perspective on London. By the way, this whole uh, episode is not going to be like a geography lesson for our uh, <laughs> uh, listeners or like a some kind of city assessment. But since we're on the topic, I mean, I Adam... I think we're all pretty into geography in some way. That wouldn't be so bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 would, I would agree. Adam, can you speak to uh, the present state of London in some way, how you find it as... Uh, a newcomer, so to speak. I mean, I feel like you've been there a few years now, right? Yeah, I've I've been in London for basically ten years, almost nine, nine and some. Um, and yeah, I do a variety of different uh, social work type things in the community. Um, I think I think the big thing, and most simply, probably is just that it's uh, experiencing uh, an opioid and housing crisis and has experienced inherent racism and um that's all pretty um common and and out there um so it has a lot of challenges and uh it's it's i think the 10th biggest city in the country but also kind of feels like a small town what with the uh state of the downtown core but it's it's pretty rough it's in a really rough place Lots of improvements are trying to be made. Um, this is this is where I live with my family, and we do the best we can to to make it a good place. But uh, a lot of the times, I'm just a hermit. So there's that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you say that some things are being done to resolve some of these issues. Like, do you have a a sense of that? What's being done to kind of mitigate some of the stuff you're talking about? Well, uh, you know, supervised safe consumption sites. Uh, we've been approved for two of those. It's going to be a really important detail. Um, in in the city of London, there's only one neighborhood that um, receives more cleans, like harm reduction. So um, clean needles, uh, syringes, and apparatus to, to inject drugs safely. Um, and that's East Vancouver. Other than that, it's London, Ontario. So wow. we have a a very serious epidemic and the and the health impacts and um 
for all the rich people who are concerned, the economic impacts that are associated with that kind of stuff. Well, <sighs> it's, uh, it's heartening to hear that you're doing something in your own work to, to try and deal with that. I mean, uh, uh, that that that's remarkable in itself. I mean, I... London, uh, London seems to be uh, maybe a case study for what's going on across our country on some level, um, because I, I I know even Guelph has uh, opioid addiction issues, real estate issues, housing issues, um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, something's just kind of up. I mean, I, Steve, uh, your band, The Constantine, is is playing a couple shows at Call of the Office, and as far as I recall, that venue is at least for sale, if not sold. Do you have any updates on that? Do you know anything about what's going on there? Uh, I don't know too many details, and I don't know that it's really my place to speak on what I do know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure, no, that that's fair. I think I think it's I think it's safe to say that there's big changes coming at Call the Office at the very least. Um, yeah. Well, I just wonder if it speaks to because in Hamilton, another venue, this ain't Hollywood, uh, is being sold, and the interesting thing about that situation is that the <laughs> 10 years ago the owners bought it for something like uh, $300,000 and it's listed for 2.1 million. So you're getting this uh, bizarre real estate stuff going on that leads to displacement and stuff like that. I mean, I assume Colleen and Dave, do you are you seeing this? Like I don't know much about Porkerville. It's a pretty small town, right? Are you experiencing anything similar to what we've been talking about in terms of some of these bigger cities? I think it's a different yeah, I mean, we experience, it's a different matrix, kind of, I, I think, in the rural, I think, it, yeah, a rural life and an urban life <laughs> can be quite different. It's something I've discovered since since living out here. The experiences um, and problems for youth can be similar in some ways, but in some ways I think they can be exasperated being out in isolated areas. But then, of course, there are opportunities to be close to nature, which is, you know, incredibly nourishing. So, um, but... But yeah, I think there's crossover, but I think it's different. And, and sometimes living out here, it's interesting to see how um, rural communities sometimes can be forgotten in terms of like uh, presumptions of access and stuff like that. So I'm not sure. I may have deviated there a bit from what we were saying. But but yeah, it's similar but different <laughs> as well. Hmm. Dave, do you have any thoughts on that? I don't know. It's a different economy, I guess, in Nova Scotia than Ontario. I think it's safe to say. Does 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 Porkerville have like a particular industry it's known for? Uh, well, there's a historical industry of uh, shipbuilding. That's why Porkerville's here now. But that ended in the '70s, and it ran for a hundred years or so. And, and Porkerville is just a very very small like village, like maybe 150 people in everybody's home sort of thing. So there's not really. There's a store, a little general store. There's a, a recording studio. <laughs> There's a recording studio <laughs> slash living room. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Don't you guys have something to do with that recording studio? I feel like this is a conflict of interest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that exists in our house run by us. The conflict of interest. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, uh, did you just say that it's 150 people when everybody's home? I've never heard of a population assessment. Like, uh, <laughs> I heard an older the cities woman do that, say like, that once. Well, we're 225,000, but Bill, he's in Michigan right now. So we have to reflect him being away before we do a full, uh, you know, census count. Is that, is that normal? I think a lot of clever turns of phrase are, are normal to hear in rural Nova Scotia. But ah, you... <laughs> okay. 
Well, I appreciate the distinction, and I appreciate you all talking about cities with me for a little bit. Um, as it happens, uh, we are gathered to talk about uh, a release called Revolution C. I don't believe the C stands for city, so uh, maybe I took some leaps there. But I want to ask you about uh, this this recording, and uh, I want to begin with uh, Colleen and Dave, and maybe we'll start with Colleen. Uh, Colleen, can you explain uh, where this release kind of came from? This is a, an unusual release on some levels because it's a joint venture between you and, and Steve here. But can you just give us a little history of this uh, this recording? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. We um, Initially, we played the, it was the Bloor Ossington Folk Festival, which I think no longer is not happening anymore, but did for a while in Toronto. Um, so yeah, we were invited to play that and they do a draw um, from all the artists who played for some uh, recording studio time that Revolution Recording from uh, Toronto had donated. So uh, we were the lucky recipients of that. Um, so we were uh, awarded 10 hours of recording studio time at Revolution in Toronto within a year of that date or whatever it was. So we began to sort of think about how to make use of that. And even we had initially talked to Adam too about doing something during that time with Whoop. So, um, but, and it just seemed like it might be a little too many people logistically. So we hadn't really thought of any other alternative. Of course, you know, Steve, someone like Steve is always in our mind. So when we were going down, we, we contacted him as we needed a place to stay. We thought maybe he would want to play a song <laughs> and we needed, yeah. Um, yeah. So wait, just, just, just to be clear here, you've, you've enlisted Steve Lamke uh, to be on your recording, at least partially because he could provide you with shelter in Toronto. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's what I said. But of course, you know, we were always looking to make music with Steve. Well, he's a uh, he's one of my favorite songwriters. Steve, does uh, Colleen's assessment kind of check out to you? Uh, and by the way, are you now that this has come to light? Are you at least a little little self conscious that maybe? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. They, I know you guys have a long long relationship. Uh, well, and Colleen was very very clear about it from the beginning. They, Colleen and Dave, called me. I guess it would have been the morning before the session, maybe two mornings before. And Colleen said that they were about to get in their car and drive from Nova Scotia to Toronto. And could they stay with me? And would I be interested in joining them in the studio? Uh, so it oh, was okay. very, it was very, all the cards were on the table right from the beginning. So, so none of, none of this news is shocking to me at this point. Uh, Steve, can you maybe, for, for those who might not be familiar with construction and destruction, I mean, you've been on, on this show a, a few times, um, and for those who don't know, you met, you alluded to the fact that you're a member of the Constantines, uh, you make your own work, um, but at least for people who listen to this show regularly, they may not be as familiar with construction and destruction, though their names, uh, the name has come up a few times. Just from your perspective, because I know you're a longtime fan and supporter, like, what what is it about construction and destruction that sort of appeals to you and, and your interest in, in their music? I have been a fan for a long time. We've met and toured together sort of starting in maybe 2006, 2007, basically when construction and destruction was becoming what it is um, now as the duo. Um, I think maybe growing out of 
a project that was Dave Treneman's solo project originally. I'll let those guys clarify if I'm right or wrong about any of that. Anyways, shall we get the, should we get him? Should, should we get Dave to interject now, Dave? Uh, yeah, well, correct. Is that correct? Is that correct? <laughs> yes, that's correct. <laughs> okay, we we've solved it. We resolved that issue. I apologize, Steve, uh, for interrupting. Please uh, go on. So yeah, I have thought of them as as peers and uh, fellow artists of who are making things that I'm very excited by um, for a long time. Um, as well as as good friends, um, are you you're asking me to sort of explain construction destruction and and I think all I can really say is that at this point there's a pretty massive body of work for people to discover mm-hmm. and it's all very creative and interesting and challenging and it's both a construction and a destruction of rock music as we know it and. Uh, two unique songwriters, Colleen and Dave, um, and the sort of push and pull between their different approaches is fascinating to me. And the way they evoke both silence and noise um, with somewhat rudimentary tools is is fascinating, and I love it very much. You are also, Steve, someone who I think in the last decade or so, uh, I mean, the list of people you have collaborated with is just getting longer and longer, on record, I should say, uh, and live. Um, I know music is a, a, a social thing for you as much as, as, as anything. Is, is this a conscious decision of yours to just be open to as you know, new collaborators, just constantly working with different people after you've kind of become friends? It is conscious. It's also um, in the sense that I think that's one of the things that's really interesting about music uh, as a form is that it is inherently collaborative and it can be a conversation between myself as a songwriter and other people as musicians or other people as songwriters. Um, It's also a practical uh, consideration in the fact that I'm often touring very low budget and making records with very low budget. And so pulling in friends and fellow musicians who are interested and available, um, which is just to say like, I don't have the budget to like have a band, like a full-time band that I can keep busy and employed and, uh, you know, alive <laughs> and with just to all their human needs of food and shelter. Right. Right. No, okay. That that that's fair as well. Well, I want to get into the songs in a moment, but Adam, you are involved in this particular release because the label we mentioned a few things that you do already, um, but you also are involved in Out of Sound Records, which has been around for how long exactly? Uh well, I I started when I was 16, very poorly, I might add. I'm 34, so uh simple math my goodness really 18 years wow i didn't know that yeah off and on and in a variety of ways Uh, my friend dennis wilson has also kind of filled voids along the way um, through different time periods Um, so between the two of us we've kind of uh, been running the label for yeah a good 15 years Uh, started out by doing you know very very small releases for uh, all the bands that uh, were the regional bands uh, that 
didn't live in Guelph, kind of, it seemed like. Um, mm-hmm. And then we got into doing uh, some compilations. I was a really big fan of the those punk compilations, like the Fat Record comps and stuff like that when I was in high school. But I was also really veering into the the Canadian lexicon of music um, and fell in love with, with a few of the bands that kind of really represent that, I don't know, that underground community um, that, um, that I, that I feel like bands like C and D and, and Steve are kind of part of that legacy. And rather than, uh, I, I noticed that a lot of bands along the way try to, um, dissuade themselves from the particular influences that they have, um, things as basic as rock and roll being an inevitable influence on everybody, but I really like to embrace the the bands that came kind of before what I do. And uh, mm-hmm. so anytime out of sound can be a part of uh, a small part of that. That's cool for me. I like that a lot. I mean, you mentioned a couple of the comps that inspired you. You mentioned fat records, which is an independent label, but it's 16 to have the motivation to start your own label. I mean, that's interesting. That's like a that's an interesting artistic and business decision for a 16-year-old to make, I think, on some level. I think maybe Steve can correct me if I'm wrong because we might have known each other around then. We might have had similar impulses, right, Steve? We should have a label. We should start a band. I feel like we did that. Am I we right? Started we started a band. We started bands. I don't remember. Did we? Was there any talk of ever starting a label? I don't remember that. But I remember think, I remember we were enamored of labels. I think we like yeah. followed certain labels and thought labels were cool, which is, you know, like we trusted labels early. Like the labels we liked, we would, I think anyway, I'd be like, oh, well, if this is on Touch and Go or Merge, I might just try it out, you know? Absolutely. So uh, anyway, Adam, like why start a, why want to start, why did you want to start a, your own label at 16? I really just like the DIY craft nature of all that. At the time, you know, CDs were um, really accessible for making cool little art projects. And I wanted people to hear my music <laughs> a little bit. And I also wanted to uh, become a part of the community. So I thought the compilations were a really um, good way to do that. And I was really surprised when I asked some of my favorite bands to contribute and that so many were so eager. Um, I think I was really naive about a lot of the the music industry and stuff like that, but yeah, that's basically it. I I, fi- I find myself to be hyper creative and and I like to see projects through. I don't like to leave them sort of sitting in the wings. So um, hmm. I, I guess I'm a bit prolific in that sense, where I, I really like to complete little creative ideas from my mind, I suppose, or something. I hadn't contemplated the the social aspect of creating the comp. Like you actually meet people when you create a compilation. I never thought of that. Yeah, and I'm like I'm so shy that allowed me an opportunity to begin to find some more people that I could relate to. Um, unlike Steve, I was from a sports background, and it's just like a totally different <laughs> world. And uh, <laughs> I was looking for the kind of a different way of life. I'm sorry I chuckled. I just like that I may have started a rumor that Steve is just anti-sports. I, I wouldn't say I'm anti-sports, but I, I I would assume we could all agree that there's some reason to have skepticism about professional sports. 
Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. Um, <laughs> Adam, I do want to stick with you uh, in talking about this release, Revolution C, um, because Out of Sound has released this thing. When you heard it, um, do you remember what you made of it and, and maybe why you wanted to be involved? Why was it a good fit for Out of Sound? I think it brings together all of the relationships of the artists involved. They kind of like bring um, large pieces of themselves. So I could I could really feel each of their presences, I guess. And uh, yeah, we were always looking to branch out in small ways. We already did a release with... Uh, with Dave and Coco and a local here in town, James Kirkpatrick, and they went by Delta Blip, and uh, that worked out really well. So we thought we would do this again. And yeah, Out of Sound is, you know, kind of folded back in on the the music industry a bit. We're we're pretty old school right now, and I, I think when we started, we were trying to be sort of innovative in participating in DIY sort of digital mashups and and stuff like that and it all got so convoluted and very fast that now we just kind of take it slow and support good people that are doing good things that have um, opened their doors to us which um, you know Dave Coco and Steve are um, you know some of the most humble people that um, that you can come across so like, why wouldn't we get behind that? Yeah, I mean, all of you have some experience in either self-releasing music or, uh, I mean, Steve and Adam, uh, you each have labels in Out of Sound and you've changed respectively. I'm sorry, Colleen and Dave. Let's go to Dave. I, I miss hearing Dave's voice. Dave, do yes. you guys have like a, an imprint of your own? So to speak? <laughs> I'll take oh, this question. Yeah. <laughs> our our vanity, vanity label is the same name as our recording studio, which is the quarantine. Right. But do you, do you put out releases by other people? No, it, that's pretty much just our own kind of construction and destruction uh, label that name comes with the package and that's about it okay now that that's fair I, I thought that was the case so i just but i just wanted to verify uh but steve i'm adam mentioned that uh, out of sound kind of folded in and on in on itself so to speak uh in sort of i think some reaction to the the music industry by all accounts it's very difficult uh to navigate uh any aspects of the music business on a independent or major scale these days Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
we're hearing more and more from artists who are negatively impacted by the various ways in which people consume and maybe don't consume music the way they once did. Um, from your perspective, running, you've changed. Is it, is it, does it feel particularly difficult these days or does it feel the same as it did maybe even five years ago since we started, you know, digitally uh, consuming things uh, in this manner? What's your take on, on how things are going? I think definitely things are different than five or 10 years ago when we started. You've changed. I think in some ways, maybe it's harder. And obviously the economics of streaming um, are no secret and they are difficult. Um, I think making art is always difficult though. And there's always different kinds of struggles with the label it's funny to talk about the label because in a way like it's a very real thing we're celebrating our 10th anniversary next year we've put out 35 kind of album projects uh with people but the label itself like as a as an entity comes second always to the individual projects so my approach is always to try and think about what's best for that uh, project that we're discussing or looking at at the time um, which means like you know a Daniel Romano record has different needs and possibilities and contexts and like my next record or um, you know uh, a Nap Eyes record has, is different than a partner record or so to talk about it it, it becomes difficult because it's um, like I say in some ways it's just a uh, a name that these things have on the back of the album jackets, but um, it's not conceptualized as a thing in and of itself in a lot of ways. You're saying it's primarily driven by, pro it's project oriented. It's project oriented and it's like by conception, I think the only thing that I really could say is that it is by design and in practice an artist run label. So um, hmm. the idea was very much that we'd be helping each other out um, in practice. That's become a little bit more than I'm helping other people out, but uh, it's important. If I was not also a practicing artist, I don't think I would be doing it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which is that's similar in some ways to like my work with Sappy Fest. Like it's a community run thing. It's, um, it's not a top-down organization and you've changed records. It's not really supposed to be a top-down thing either. Like I'm not, I'm not dictating anything to any of the people we're doing. Um, I'm, I'm trying to assist them in what they're doing. Hmm. Okay. Uh, well, I appreciate that, that insight. Well, I want to, like I said, I, I, I keep saying this and I think we should get into Revolution C a little bit here more. Uh, I want to begin just by asking about some of the songs or, well, there's only three songs. What am I talking about? We'll talk about the songs. How about that? Colleen, what would you like to say about Failed Alchemy? Because I was trying to get a sense of it. It's an interesting opener for this project because uh, <laughs> it, it is a collaboration, and I just the notion of failed alchemy kind of struck me. Um, can you talk about what inspired that song? Because I, I ask you because you, you are ostensibly singing lead on it, correct? Yeah, yeah, that was the one. Yeah, we each kind of um, brought a song to the table, and so that, that one was mine, and then Steve's was at the start of the song, and Dave's was expanding universe. But yeah, well, um, 
yeah, it, it was no, it had no bearing on this particular <laughs> alchemy of the three of us. <laughs> All personal alchemy. Yeah, I mean, it comes from a, a real place for me of, of you know, a failed uh, <laughs> experience. Um, but it also has many, uh, as I, you know, I hope to write in a way that has access in other ways. Um, so it, you needn't, you know, need immediately know my sort of specific experience to access it. I could talk about that, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I used language and piano um, that I don't always use, I guess, or things in a way. It came from a writing, a quick piece of writing first. And then it came from the kind of uh, bah in the piano. <laughs> and um, yeah, it, I guess one image is of a, of a particular bird that was um, used in med medieval times to sort of die as a diagnostic. It's thought perhaps it was based on a, a white plover or whatever, but as a diagnostic tool for people who were per perhaps near death. So if the bird um, looked you in the eye, then it was apparently drawing your sickness out of it. Um, out of you into itself and if it wouldn't meet your eye then um, it was bad news <laughs> so I've been uh, yeah crazy about birds these days and uh, hmm Dave what do you make of what Colleen's saying there does she, does she have a weird thing about birds it sounded a little a little eerie to me yes the uh, uh, birds are popular around here um, I also love birds, but yeah, Colleen is <coughs> continuously looking out the window, and uh, we live in, in a really rural place, so there's always different birds around, and we're always trying to figure out what we're looking at, and also um, developing relationships with certain birds that we know have been here uh, long before, maybe not the particular bird, but the family of birds have been here before we have. So we f do feel like they're watching us and they uh, know us, but we don't necessarily know them because of things like they all look the same and, uh, you know, within the species to us anyway, or to me. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, it's hard to... I, I anyway, birds are interesting. Particularly, <laughs> I enjoy how um, watching animals, you know, how you, how you can... How you can apply information you can learn information from watching an other like an animal or something that you can, can apply to people that i might have you know i might have a, be more blinkered in my observations of people so there's a kind of clarity of observations of animals sometimes that can be hmm. that can reveal things i'm sorry to interject there dave whatever no, no, you know your song i so. <laughs> but as you know to work off of what you were saying i think that's right. part of the reason why we both are into animals so much, uh, particularly right now, is it's you know conversation can be fraught and difficult, and how to how to think, uh, look at things, and and observe things in a way that's you know maybe coming at something in a different. I don't know. Uh, Colleen, you mentioned that uh, the song was inspired, or rather, um, came about via a quick burst of writing. I think you said something along those lines. Do you remember what inspired that? that sort of quick burst of writing? Yeah, a bad experience, kind of like I, I thought I was going to be very sick or whatever. So, um, you know, I I had a kind of a diagnosis of, or whatever that I thought I was going to be ill, and then I wasn't. So that that's the shit that loosens the pen. <laughs> <laughs> and that, yeah. Oh, so so it, it, was a, it was a personally disturbing 
sort of piece of information you received. Yeah, yeah. And and things, as it turns out, and, you know, I don't know if, uh, but I'm. It, it's all resolved and okay and everything, um, not, you know, whatever. But, uh, yeah, sorry. So this, yeah, I, f- I often find that I make a lot of, in writing songs, there's a whole stack of notes that I draw from and sometimes those notes go nowhere and have nothing to do with the song and the song starts all over again from somewhere else but sometimes something gets taken from a a quick note or whatever I have Mm. written before well I'm glad to hear you're okay obviously I mean that's that's awesome I'm you're you're okay you're feeling good oh yeah 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 (laughs) okay all right all right let's move on to to Steve uh Steve I I know a little bits about this piece at the start of the song uh, my understanding is that you you woke up at uh, Daniel Romano's Daniel Romano's home I guess uh, just after it, uh, some kind of tour had wrapped itself uh, up is that correct yeah that that's correct and that's sort of the <laughs> setting of the song and um, I guess like what I was picturing in my head when writing the song much as Colleen well it's funny at the end of Colleen's last answer there she was sort of talking about the the mysterious place where you might say a song has started and obviously that's the song at the start of the song is is asking that repeatedly like where where do these things even come from Um, and also Colleen was just mentioning images and and starting from images and this song is from a batch of songs I was writing that were definitely um, written in more with more with images in mind than with any sort of final meaning or um, sort of conscious direction. You are among a, a group of songwriters lately who share a, a community, and I, I've noticed that some of you are citing one another by name, which I find fascinating. Like Daniel Romano has a song about jennifer castle um and now you have a song uh, ostensibly about daniel on some level i mean you know what's going on there (laughs) just like name checking happening more and more it's fascinating to me i mean i think we we're all using the details and the debris of our lives to make art so um I, i think daniel's jennifer castle song is definitely like a very conscious tribute i think there's also sort of more subtle uh, examples in in all of the stuff that we do where we are drawing from each other or having sort of little conversations or stealing little things from each other all the time so I think uh, yeah we're just we're using the materials at hand which are our own experiences and our own thoughts and our interactions with each other um, and I would kind of think that's maybe maybe what's going on I wonder also if it's sort of certain artists are now uh, paying tribute to their peers and, and other artists who maybe aren't getting their due enough. Uh, that just, that occurred to me too. You know, I think Daniel's song to Jennifer is this sort of powerful pronouncement that at the time, not enough people were, were making uh, about her and her stature and her work and the quality of it. And and you acknowledging Dan, I know I feel like you feel something similar about about Dan, you know, he's this very prolific and ingenious guy and doesn't quite get his due. I agree with you. I I don't I don't think of this song as like a celebration of Dan. I think it, if any if in if anything it's me like 
asking him quite literally the question like as as a friend and as a peer like like what am I doing here Dan Daniel is this <laughs> is this a song is this the start of a song so in terms of like the public presentation I don't think it's uh I don't think it's a tribute in the same way Daniel's song to Jennifer is totally fair it's, but the deference is present the fact that you are like Dan I need yeah. I need help like that sort of speaks it's funny to what I'm yep absolutely it's funny because D- Daniel wasn't even there that you know the morning that the song is sort of inspired by and um <laughs> so it's it's maybe more addressed to his absence or something hmm. and is there anything you want to say about the this is a, a musical this this record is a a musical collaboration as well in terms of the role of calling in dave steve like what, what, what are you what are you playing on this song by the way i'm singing and playing the main sort of rhythm guitar mm-hmm. and maybe and, i put the piano on i can't remember actually I think maybe Uh-oh. I did. Um, the thing I would say about this is, as we mentioned earlier, like this particular recording session came together fairly unannounced. <laughs> it's, it sprung itself on me anyways. I, I'm not sure how long Dave and Colleen had sort of looked forward to this exact date, but um, I didn't uh, have a lot of time to prepare. And I was also skeptical that we like I would even really necessarily be a part of the session in the way that I was um mm. I was I thought maybe I would just go along and hang out and um whatever see what happened but I didn't uh I didn't write the song specifically for this and at the studio I played uh Colleen and Dave a handful of things that I was working on and and this was the song that they sort of picked out of the batch that they responded to so um mm its inclusion there uh, was is based on their sort of response to it. I see. Okay. Well, I do, I don't want to leave Dave in the, there's more questions I that are percolating, but I, I, I feel like we should get Dave. Dave's pretty cool. Let's get Dave involved here to talk about this last song on this release, Expanding Universe. Uh, Dave, do you want to talk a little bit about what, what might have inspired this one? Hey, yeah, uh, well, we have a subscription to Scientific American and read a, a few, I don't know, I'm always looking at the articles about the universe and the origins and looking back to the Big Bang and things like that. And basically, I think the standing theory is that the universe is expanding indefinitely. So it's actually just uh, uh, galaxies are just, you know, basically coming apart from each other and everything else and eventually all matter is going to uh, basically uh, dissolve almost or just come apart and not even uh, be able to hold itself together because of proximity Uh, and also Mm. yeah I don't know it's just about that theory and then the feeling that that gives me a feeling of loneliness and um, you know fate uh, is not good I would tend to think, oh, maybe the universe is going to blow up from the Big Bang and then stop at some point and then just go back down into the size of a basketball and then smaller into a tiny little um, thing that they call pure energy or whatever. And then start again, but apparently not. It it just kind of expands and it's just going to fall apart. At this point, maybe things will, uh, people will look at it differently uh, someday and uh, it'll be a different theory. But anyway, that's basically just what that song's about for me i guess does that does it provide some kind of analogy from your perspective of like the way humans are interacting with one another 
Yeah, I do say something like, everything is running away, or whatever. Um, so that's a good, interesting uh, point. I can't say that I was necessarily thinking about that at the time, but maybe a little bit of that is in there. People are, you know, uh, hmm. people are a lot easier to access uh, because of our technology of communication these days. But there's also, um, you know, it's like uh, you never really maybe access a person on a personal level too much anymore unless they're very close. Right. No, that, that, that follows. Dave, can you sing the rest of any, any more answers you provide? Is it possible for you to just sing the answers? <laughs> any, uh, uh, anytime. <laughs> 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 very good very good let's just keep that up i want that to keep going uh colleen is there anything you want to say about the kind of musical arrangement of this particular one i'm still in, like when i asked steve about and i'm sorry i failed to do this with you it sounds like uh with failed alchemy you you mentioned the the piano aspect but i'm actually just curious about the musical collaboration on let's go with expanding universe just in terms of what how it worked with you and uh, with your with with, with C and D and Steve? Um, do you have any sense? It sounds to me also like this just kind of happened. You had your ten hours. It was all pretty, just sort of occurred as it occurred. Yeah, it it kind of happened um, in a casual way, and I think that's um, partly, of course, due to us knowing each other and sort of um, being confident enough of each other's. Uh, musical voice so to speak and to collaborate in a in a kind of quick way like that but Dave's expanding universe was the first song that we recorded of the day um, and it's the only song that we actually I think we all three of us played live some parts of it at the same time if I'm correct Steve and Dave if I remember I think um, but yeah we basically used drums and and guitars and some bow bass and piano for most of the songs um, and yeah it was fascinating to be in the larger recording studio and in, in the recording studio was so much available to us including an engineer a kind engineer and his assistant so that was quite a trip for mm -hmm. me I got tea brought to me when I got a frog in my voice which, which <laughs> Dave does here too so I can't complain but um, but yeah it was it was a great experience and I'm really yeah I'm thrilled to be to have collaborated with Steve on that was really cool, and working with Adam now is also really cool. It's been wonderful um, beyond just the recording, sort of like working on all the other stuff, too. So thanks, guys. If I could cut well, in quick, I I would just love to say that I've wanted to play bass in Construction and Destruction for like twelve years or something, <laughs> um, except for the fact that Construction and Destruction is absolutely perfect as a two piece, oh. um, and the sort of space between Colleen and Dave uh, is is sort of the third instrument uh, to me when I hear it. But um, yeah, it was just it was sort of a dream come true and and something that like I was secretly like just totally stoked by the whole time we were in the studio that I was getting to play bass on that tune. Well, that's a very warm sentiment. This is a, this is a very warm feeling, despite the kind of. Um I think inherent darkness on some of these pieces. It sounds like they all stem from um, some form of doubt. Uh, that's what my reading is, anyway, based on these your descriptions of all of these songs. Like, what's happening to me? Is this the start of a song? Is the universe exploding? 
and are we done? I, I feel like that's all there, and it's uh, <laughs> it just sort of comes to light to me uh, as, as we're speaking. So I appreciate the insight here. Um, I want to take a second here as we wrap up to ask each of you uh, about future projects and, and also give you the opportunity to say anything else uh, you want to say about this recording uh, and anything nice you want to say uh, about me because you've mostly been talking about each other, and I'm here too. And I have feelings, you know? So I just want to give you all an opportunity to say whatever you like. Let's start with Adam. Adam, you've been quiet uh, in the last little while, and it's not your fault. It's mine. Uh, what's coming up for you in terms of your, your musical output and uh, maybe label stuff? Anything going on? Yeah, there's lots of stuff going on. Um, mainly we're doing some shows with Whoopso, um, kind of playing along with the Revolution C release. Uh, so we're doing kind of a, more of our strip back set. Um, that's basically where we just sit down, um, instead of stand. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're really happy to do that with, um, with this project for state of the mall. And we're doing kind of a variety show in London. Yeah. Then we're playing with the Constantines, which is also a dream come true. Life is just exploding with uh, wonder. Um, just like the universe. Maybe it's, well, you know, I don't know, but we're making the most of it. <laughs> so there's that. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on the show first off, I guess. And, uh, for the rest of you, I miss you all. And I know that we'll see each other soon. So that's great. Wow. That's, that's well put. Not really a compliment for me in there. Kind of sort of at the end, but not, not exactly, but that's fine. That's fine. That's just how you roll. I appreciate you being on the show too, Adam. Thank you so much. Uh, Colleen and Dave, what's coming up? What's coming up for you? We're we're excited too about this the sit down show, and and being on your show, Vish, for real. <laughs> oh, uh, you don't have to say that. I know I urged you to say something nice, and that's on me. But thank you, <laughs> thank you for making time. <laughs> but we are going to see um, Steve and Adam and and their families, and um, it's going to be beautiful. And maybe you, if you're around too, in Guelph or Toronto. So yeah, we're playing shows, and I'm really excited we're going to be doing some quick jamming right steve <laughs> on some songs and then yeah playing these shows and and whoops are playing a couple shows as well so yeah i am excited we're both excited sorry i'm monopolizing again Go oh yeah i'm stoked to see whoops and uh maybe even the cons around this time i don't know uh i don't know what that schedule is but yeah and then it'd be great to see steve playing some tunes too it's always a pleasure and Vish, it's been really wonderful to get to know you over the years. Uh, you're a, a great man. And um, wow, geez, thank you for this opportunity. Well, thank you for the kind words, Dave. Uh, no, thank you for not singing your final answer, but uh, that's fine. That's uh, I understand. You can't just break it out all the time. You're saving it, right? Yes, that's fair. And and Colleen, thank you too for being on the show. Steve, last but not least, Steve, what's uh, coming up for you? And you've changed. I know I mentioned, I alluded to the fact that Constantines are playing some shows. Uh, what else is happening? Uh, these shows with uh, Construction Destruction for myself, um, which those guys just mentioned, and a couple of shows with Whoopsu. Um, bunch of new music's done, and will be coming out in the next year or so still figuring out some of the format and timing of that stuff but yeah a couple new records of my own which i'm excited about because it's been a few years since anything has come out publicly with you've changed there's a bunch of new stuff coming uh kehoe a new ian daniel kehoe record 
um, some partner stuff, um, a whole whole lot of stuffs in the works. And with cons, it's just these couple shows right now, and then we'll see um, how everyone's schedules line up or don't. Um, mm-hmm. And Vish, I think your show's fantastic. <laughs> this is a great <laughs> podcast. I, I would love to hear, um, if I could make a listener request, I would love to hear a full-length uh, interview with, with Adam and about Whoopsu and about um, all all the things that he does at some point. I think you should totally do that. Yeah, that's I agree. My, that's my two cents. I agree. Adam, would you be up for that? Uh, yeah. Think, thanks, everybody. Thank you. I hope that <laughs> I would. Yeah, it would have been thanks. awkward if Adam <laughs> didn't feel that way, wouldn't it? If he was like, no, this was good. I'm fine. This was, <laughs> I'm satiated by this. I don't need more. That's, but uh, no, Adam, we should talk, right? Maybe, it, did you say there is a Whoopso release coming? I, I'm. Yeah, we're kind of putting out a, a really small release out into the world, kind of silently. Um, Kirsten has ventured into um, writing, so we're kind of publishing her first book um, with a local sort of small publisher that comes with a new seven inch. But uh, I mean, we have we have a, a, a real wealth of material that um, I don't know what we're going to do with it. I think we're just going to sit on it. Actually, we're just going to put it in the vault. So wait a minute, you're performing these shows where you're sitting. Now you're making records and sitting on them. What are you guys? Are you guys just tired? What's going on? Well, I mean, we've tour- we've toured a l- an awful lot, but I don't know between different confusion about how the the music world works and stuff like that. Being a being a touring band feels so separate of being a creative project. And when we right. started, we we started as a creative project. So um, we're we're starting to create a lot more work again, and we're just really excited to do that. And we'd like to focus on that a little bit. And uh, and not wor- not worry about the rest. I guess we're going to continue to do our do our thing. Of course, yeah. Well, the moment uh, you feel compelled to uh, be back on the show to talk about something, because I like to try to uh, provide people with this platform to talk about their work, um, please just send me a note when you feel ready to go. And uh, uh, because I um, have been listening to Steve's advice for. Uh, almost 30 years, it feels like. Um, that can't be accurate, actually. We didn't know each other 30 years ago, but 20 years, 25. Anyway, st- I like Steve. Steve's often correct. Can you come back on the show, Adam, when you're ready? Yes, please. Thank, thanks so much. I, not to be so weird and elusive about it all. <laughs> <laughs> now, is there, uh, I want to, uh, there's three of you out there, so I can't really flip a coin. We have to go out, I'd like to go out, rather, on a song from Revolution C., um, Colleen and Dave, would you like to make the choice or would you like to defer to someone else to make the choice of the song we can go out? If it's even permissible to do so, what is your position? Oh, we like to defer. No, <laughs> let's, I, I love, we can play Steve's song. Yeah, that makes sense. So that's our choice. Okay, so Colleen. Yeah. At the start of the song. Colleen and- At the start of the song. Now, Steve, you'd be hard-pressed to argue against this, but I have made things incredibly awkward here. Are you okay with this? I mean, the, the numbers don't really... I'm, I'm completely okay with it. The numbers don't really fall in my favor to disagree as, as it's two against one, no matter what song I were to choose. So I know when I'm beaten. I mean, it's you're, you're all collaborating together, so it's not like Absolutely. anyone's really... Whatever. Yeah, right. Adam, are you okay? Do you want to weigh in here and, and veto anything? I don't know. Unless you're going to play Jennifer Castle, any three would do for me. 
<laughs> okay. okay. Uh, you went in left field on me there. I wasn't expecting that. Okay. This is at the start of the song uh, by Construction and Destruction and, and Stephen Lamke from their excellent new release, Revolution C. Uh, I'd like to once again thank you all for being uh, on this show. And uh, I will see you soon. And, and best of luck with all your uh, future endeavors. I hope you had a good time. Thanks, Vish. Thank you. I was sleeping in the bed of a smoker Lipstick stains on the sheet A black mess of eyeliner Daniel, is this the start of a song? special thanks to Stephen Lampke, Construction and Destruction, and Adam Sturgeon for joining me on the party line for this, the 449th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available on all iOS and Android platforms and also on things like Spotify, YouTube, and Audio Boom as well. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for on any of those platforms or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. You can like Creative Control 
on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at Vish Creative or Vish Khanna. Listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time, around the world at CFRU.ca or on an actual radio at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph. Also, please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast going. And if for your trouble, if, if I can send you something in return, uh, a birthday message, a t-shirt, something, let me know on Patreon and I will do my best. Patreon.com slash creative control. Thanks again to Pizza Trocadero, the bookshelf and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton for their in-kind support for this show. Thank you as always to Jim Guthrie. He is a, a longtime friend and supporter and uh, loans me one of his songs to end the show each week. You can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you very much for listening to this show and subscribing to the podcast. If that's something you do or want to do, that's cool. Thank you. And tell your friends about the show. That seems to be how the word is getting around. And I, I do appreciate anyone who does that because, uh, yeah, it's, it's just nice. It's just a nice thing to do. All right, I must leave. I'm going to go see Parquet Courts in Toronto. That's my plan. I will talk to you very soon. Bye for now. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.